All right. Let's say the verse together again this morning. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Everybody say, each one has a gift. Each one has a gift. All right. You know, we've been asking to fill out surveys, and I'm still getting people that are filling them out that weren't here the first Sunday we did it. And uh, we got you to do it for two purposes. It's a means to understand yourself better. When you finish that survey, many of you will have aha moments. You'll go, wow, I didn't really know that about myself. But others of you will go, I've known that all along, but now I've got the language to explain it, to be able to feel good about it, to not beat myself up because I'm not the deepest compassionate person on the planet. Right, Tammy? And, uh, and just to feel comfortable in your own skin, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, and if you're not a teacher, it's okay, whatever. It's, it's, a, it's a validation of how God made us, and, it, and it's a, really a strong message to us that we're okay, we're, we're, we're good in our skin, amen? And then the second reason is that it's a, it's a means for us as leadership to better connect people uh, to the areas of service that are, are more uh, tailored to who they are, and so we've... Uh, we're creating that database. We're going to put that thing to good use. And so, uh, you know, now we've got all that information, and we know how people are wired. Then we know where you are, and we know how to get hold of you. And uh, just because, you know, we are called, for example, as a servant, uh, doesn't mean that we can't teach. Amen? And just because you're called as a teacher doesn't mean you're, you're freed up, don't have to have compassion on anybody. Or just because you're a compassionate person doesn't mean you're never going to be called on to administrate anything. No, sometimes, as my good old friend Bruce Switzer said, the need is the call. Sometimes you just step in, and wherever there's a need, you volunteer. You give yourself to it because there's a need. But what this does tell us is that when we're empowered to serve where we're most gifted, then that's where we're also the most effective. And so we can be most effective when we're able to serve in the areas where God has anointed us. Now, the last couple of weeks, I spoke about not letting other people put uh, you into a place where you are, and I talked about what that means, and I talked about what that doesn't mean. But I want to move on from that this morning, and I uh, want to shift gears, because, everybody say because. It's that time of year. It's that time of year. It is the Christmas season. Amen? It is that time of year today, and uh, uh, Advent is what we call it. For some, as soon as Halloween's over, it's Christmas season. In the retail world, that's what it is. I don't know if you guys noticed, you went into the stores this week. It's crazy. There it is. Everything is Christmas, right? And then, uh, you know, for, for the Americans, Christmas season starts officially on Black Friday. The day after Thanksgiving Thursday, they're onto it. They're just, they're onto it. Uh, it's like the biggest shopping day of the year in the U.S., uh, and it's becoming big in Canada as well. And because uh, we're trying to stop people from going across the border to do their shopping. And so it's a, it's a big day. And so for some, that's the official start. Uh, but for the Christian church, for many, 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 many uh, decades and centuries, the beginning of the Christmas season is Advent. And that is the uh, fourth Sunday before Christmas, which this year happens to be December the 1st. Uh, or the 3rd, is it? can't remember what date it is exactly. But anyway, it is that date. Uh, and anyway... Uh, that would be the, the first. And what, some people say, now what's Advent? Uh, Advent, it comes from the Latin word Adventus, which is a translation of the Greek word parousia. Has anyone ever heard the word parousia before? You know, what's that, what, is that, what is that word about? Somebody, where's, your, where's my Bible geeks in here? Come on. 
the Bible geeks, all the Bible, come on, you guys should know, Adam, Nikki, you guys heard this in Bible college. What is the parousia? <laughs> it's the word the Greeks use for the second coming of Christ, right? The parousia is the second coming of Christ. And so you might be saying to yourself, why is the word, the, the Greek word parousia, which in Latin is adventus, uh, used for the pre-Christmas season if it's referring to the second coming of Christ? That's kind of an odd thing. Why, why would they do that? And I'm not going to preach about Advent this morning, but simply to tell you this, that Advent is about anticipating Jesus. And sometimes it's kind of lost on us evangelical churches, but they seem to get this in the, in the denominational churches because it's part of their liturgical year. But they get the fact that it's about anticipating Jesus. And it's anticipating Jesus in three ways. First of all, it gives us the opportunity to anticipate Jesus in the flesh at Bethlehem. You know, we get to experience by celebrating Advent, by celebrating these four weeks before Christmas, we get to experience what it was like for the world at the time of Jesus' first coming. How they were waiting in eager expectation for the Messiah to come. They've been praying for it and praying for it and praying for it for eons. And there was such a sense that, that God, you must come through. We're praying for our deliverer. There was a, a, a real, real uh, desire for Jesus to come. And for the Messiah to come. And so we, the Advent is about celebrating the first coming of Jesus in the flesh of Bethlehem. It's also, they, they celebrate Advent in the Christian church because it's an opportunity for us to reflect upon how we have Jesus in our heart every day. And so it's about preparing ourselves to walk with Jesus every day. Every day we wake up and we say, thank you, Jesus, that you are with me. Every day. And Advent causes us to focus on Jesus coming to us, living within us. Amen. And that's part of what the Christian expression is. And then thirdly, it's to recognize that as uh, we prepare to celebrate Christmas, the first coming of Christ, we also prepare our hearts for the second coming of Christ. How many know Jesus is coming again? And that's why that word, that Greek word was used and grabbed by the church and has been for over a thousand years used by the church to celebrate, uh, you know, the coming of Jesus Christ, preparing our hearts for the Messiah to come. To come the first time, to come in our hearts and live in our hearts, and to be part of who we are. Now, you're saying, Pastor, that's really wonderful. Why are you telling us all this? And what's it got to do with what we've been talking about here at the church lately? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. I say it today because now the Christmas season is upon us. Everybody's going to be, you know, scurrying about. Willy-nilly, we had how many announcements about Christmas activities this morning, especially for the ladies? We had, what, three of them, right? Uh, coming up, you know. Uh, all this activity, activity, activity. But Christmas, let's not forget, it's the greatest time of year to share Jesus with other people. Everybody say, share Jesus. It's the best time of year to share Jesus. You know, I was, uh, I've reminded you guys over and over again that this is, the, you know, the best time of year to share but um, I got thinking about it this week, and, you know, as the whole world is, is focused on our holiday, what a great time to share. You do realize that. It's, it's our holiday. It's, it's the birth of our Savior, and the whole world's out celebrating it, whether they realize it or not. And you're saying, yeah, but it's all Christmas trees and tinsels and Santa Claus. Sure, I get that, but they're still acknowledging Christmas, and you can go and tell them about whose Mass it is, the Christ Mass. You have got an opportunity to talk to people about Jesus because they're all gearing up to celebrate his birthday. Are you hearing me? I'll never forget, you know, first time I went to Thailand in November. I was in Thailand with Mike Karachuk in November a number of years ago. 
and we went to the biggest mall to go to Starbucks in downtown Chiang Mai. So we go to this mall, downtown Chiang Mai, maybe second week in November, somewhere in that time of year, and the whole mall is decorated for Christmas. There's Christmas trees and lights and, 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 and Santa Clauses and stuff everywhere in this mall in Thailand, one of the, the most populous Buddhist nations in the world. And, and Christmas is everywhere. And you might be saying, yeah, but see, it's just all the trappings of Christmas. They just bought into all the Western stuff. It's all about commercialism. You know, okay, true, but get this. I'm walking around the mall, and the PA system is blaring music. I mean, five times as loud as they would play it in the mall here in North America. And it's not, you know, it's not Frank Sinatra singing about White Christmas because they have no idea what a White Christmas is. They've never seen snow. They don't know anything about that. You know, what it was was people singing Christmas carols. The first Noel, uh, Away in a Manger, Silent Night. They had the gospel in song playing over the loudspeakers throughout the entire mall. It was absolutely amazing. So every store that I went into, if they could speak English, and in a lot of them in the stores can, because it, the retail market is very focused on uh, getting money from expats, right? So if you want to find somebody that can speak your language in a foreign country, go to the mall. This is just a hot tip for you, okay? So I, I, I go into the mall, and I go into the stores, and I start talking about Christmas. I said, oh, yes, Christmas. We're, we're very happy. Uh, I said, do you know what Christmas is about? Well, yes, it's about giving presents. And I said, but do you know what the greatest gift was? And then I said, do you know why it's called Christmas? And I can, you get to tell them all about Jesus. I got to witness more on that trip than I've ever witnessed before. And I got to tell all kinds of people about Jesus. And they gave me an invitation because they were the ones playing it. You know what I'm saying? Are you hearing me this morning? Well, you get that invitation here in North America too. And uh, for all across our nation... On the big day, they are celebrating our holiday. Everybody say, our holiday. Our holiday. So the point is, is that Christmas is a great opportunity for you to share your faith. It is. It's a great opportunity for you to share your faith. And for some people, it's a hard time of year. They're reminded most of the people they've lost and the things that they've lost at this time of year. You need to bring them the greatest comfort this time of year. It's Jesus. And how many of you don't do it by correcting the checkout person when they say happy holidays and say, no, it's Merry Christmas? Not a good strategy. Not a good strategy. Don't be that guy, okay? Don't be that gal. Instead, just say, Merry Christmas back. Smile. Be the nicest person they met all day. If you see the person at the checkout counter, and they got a lineup 100 people long, you go, you grab yourself, grab them a coffee at the kiosk, and then come up to the lineup, and when you get up there, you give them the coffee. You be the person that lightens their day, brightens their face. And when Starbucks comes out with their coffee cup this year, whatever it is, green, red, white, whatever, you know, I talk to all the managers, and they have the same complaint every year at Christmas time. Christians coming in and telling them their cup is not Christmas. Everybody knows the color of Christmas is red, not green. What do you guys got a green cup for? Seriously? Do you know why red is associated with Christmas? It's because of Coca-Cola. Do you know why Santa Claus is red? Coca-Cola. Before Coca-Cola, in the turn of the century, uh, painting them red for their ads, uh, he was always white. Hello? Father Christmas was always white. But he's red because of Coca-Cola. Red is not Christmas's color. It's just a color. My goodness gracious. If you want to know what the real color is, it's purple. Just saying. It's the color of royalty. 
And it's the color associated to, with the, the royalty of God. So if you want to be really Christmassy, wear purple. You know, when people say, why in the world are you wearing purple? You can tell them. Because Jesus is king. That's why I'm wearing purple. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me this morning? So don't get dragged into all that nonsense. Will you please? Everybody say, please. Please, please don't do that. All right? Instead, can I give you some advice this morning? Can you instead share your faith using your gifts? So you knew I'd bring this around somehow, didn't you? <clears throat> share your faith this season using your gifts. You found out just recently maybe that for the first time that this is what my gifts are. Now use them to share your faith. Now I know when you start talking about sharing your faith, there's people who get nervous and they break out in hives and all kinds of other stuff. I can't tell somebody about my faith. My goodness, that's the most nerve-wracking thing I can even possibly experience, sharing my faith with somebody. But you know what? It's just like anything else. If, if we do it according to how we're gifted, it's much easier. Are you hearing me this morning? If we share it according to how we're wired, it's much more difficult, uh, easy, I should say, than, than doing it just all willy-nilly, going out cold stopping somebody on the street and trying to tell them about Jesus. Okay, so... Let me help you out with this. How many have heard this quote before? Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. So I said this week, I thought that was by Thomas Aquinas. Mark said, no, no, it's, it's uh, St. Francis of Assisi. You know, and then I looked into it, and guess what? It wasn't by St. Francis of Assisi either. He never said that. In fact, we don't know who said it. It's a great quote, but if you do the research on it, there's, there's nowhere where you can find who said it at all. But it is a fantastic quote. Preach the gospel at all times when necessary. Use words. It's a great quote. But let me tell you what St. Francis of Assisi did say. He did say this. As for me, I desire this privilege from the Lord, that never may I have any privilege from man except to do reverence to all and to convert the world by obedience to the holy rule, rather by example than by word. He did say that. And that's pretty much the same message. But he did say that. You know what else he said? He said, it is no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. He did say that. He did say that. They're pretty good, eh? They're keepers. You can tuck those away in your repertoire somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And they're basically saying the same thing, that we can preach the gospel at all times and, and even when necessary, use words. The point is that using your gift, you can preach the gospel. Using your gift, you can love people. You can serve people. You can help people by using your gift. By using your gift, amen? So... When we use our, our, our gift, uh, we, we fulfill the, the, the call of the gospel to share with people around us. Now, uh, first of all, St. Francis's point was this. We communicate a lot by our actions, and secondly, we need to make sure that our actions and our words match. All right? But what's first? We communicate a lot with our actions, and then you make sure your actions and your words match. So that after you've got their attention with your actions and you start sharing with your words, right, that they, you know, don't look at you three weeks down the road and go, <laughs> by some other actions that you commit. You know what I'm saying? So um, God has gifted every one of us differently and in unique ways so that we can communicate his love in personal and uniquely individual ways. So God made you an individual so you can reach individuals. Are you hearing me this morning? How many know one size does not fit all when it comes to communication, when it comes to gifting? So let me show you what this looks like. So for the perceiver, what does using your gift in sharing the gospel look like? Well, it may be 
sensing when something's amiss with somebody when they come to work or when they, you meet them somewhere. Uh, you, you rely on that perceiving gift to be able to know when somebody is having a bad day and you get to speak into it. Listen to that voice. You're a perceiver. Listen to that thing. Start to trust it because it's, it's trying to help you to help others. Amen? For the server, it's going to be looking for a practical way to, to minister to somebody to open up their heart. So you're going to see somebody as a server who's struggling, whether it is to take care of their kids, to carry all those bags or whatever, step in and help them. I'll never forget. Uh, one time I was at the airport, and there was this girl. She's trying to, I'm coming home, and she's trying to carry all this stuff in the bad, bottom rips out of her bag. And she's got this stuff all carrying. And she was trying to go down the escalator, and things are rolling down the steps. So I'm picking the stuff up for her, gather it all together, tuck it into the bag, and stick it under my arm for her. I said, I'll take it down to the baggage carousel for you. She said, okay. And, and I had this shirt that I bought in, in Houston. Uh, it was a sporting shirt, let me tell you, man. And uh, so I had that, and I had it kind of in one hand and all this other stuff. And I get down to the baggage carousel helping this lady out. And I set the stuff down, and then I get all the stuff to her. And then I get my bags off thing, and I grab my, my carry-on, and I walk away. And I left the bag with the shirt, and it's sitting right beside the carousel. I never got it back. <laughs> Sometimes serving other people is going to cost you. But you do it anyway because, guess what? It opens up the heart. She was so grateful that somebody took the time to just help her out. And you can open up a person's heart by just helping them out. All right, hear me this morning. And so servers, you have a great opportunity to help somebody. And we can all do it. But servers, it comes natural. So allow yourself, when you feel that urge to do something for somebody, do it. For a teacher, look for opportunities to share information that's relevant to what a person's conversation is or what they're speaking about. You've got an opportunity to step in there and you've done your research because you're a teacher. I know. And so you've got a chance to speak to them. Exhorters, look for a way to speak a word of encouragement to somebody who's discouraged or somebody who's just reached a milestone. You find somebody in your office and they're celebrating an anniversary. Get in there and say, listen, you're celebrating. It's so awesome that you guys are together for 30 years. Praise the Lord. You know, just bless them. Use that gift of encouragement. You'll open them up. You become their friend. They'll want to hear what you have to say. Uh, the giver. I mean, it's self-explanatory, right? Uh, open people's hearts by giving something of value to them, which will demonstrate your own heart. It doesn't always have to be money. It can be any kind of gift that you impart from you that is sentimental and important to you that's going to be important to them. The administrator. You can share your faith by helping others organize their life, right? Uh, take care of some details for them. Here, let me take care of that for you. Elizabeth showed me this. She loved me this week by taking care of an Ikea order and ordering tickets for, for the flight. I hate doing that stuff. I absolutely hate micromanagement. Can I just be honest with you? It drives me nuts. How many also don't like micromanagement? Let me see your hands. Ugh, ugh, I get chills even thinking about it. And yet I have to do a lot of it in my work, and so it stretches me. So when somebody else steps in and does it, wow, that is just an awesome blessing to my life. The compassionate person is going to look for an opportunity to be a listening ear. To be there in a time of crisis or need. You can use your gift to open people up so that you can share your faith with them. It's natural. Are you hearing me this morning? It's natural. That's what God has given you the opportunity to do. Now, here's something else, though. So you share, share your, the, the gospel by using your gift. But here's something else. Share your faith, share the gospel by using their gift. Here's something for you to think about. Learning how... And uh, your own gifting has given you an ability, I'm sure, that now when you meet people, you can pretty much guess what their gift is, right? Now that you went through that, I'll bet you you went around trying to guess each other's and you've been right many times, right? You know, 
uh, saying, well, I'll bet you that you guys are a giver, or that you, you know, you're a, an administrator or an exhorter or a perceiver or you're this or you're that, right? And so when you meet people and you get to know them, you'll probably develop some kind of a sense of what their gifting, what their wiring is. Use that revelation and that understanding to minister the gospel to them so that you can share with them in a way that they're going to receive it and understand it because of how they're wired, not just how you're wired. Is everybody making sense out of this? So we say, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, first of all, uh, understand that approach every person according to how they're designed will give you a greater opportunity to share your faith. It's called earning the right to be heard, right? Earning the right to be heard. This is one of the greatest ways you can earn the right to be heard is that to get to know someone well enough that you know how they're wired so that you can minister to them in a way they're going to hear it. Right? Are you getting me this morning? And so if you know how somebody's wired, then you can minister the gospel to them in a way that they can receive it. So if you know somebody and you, you're pretty sure they're a perceiver, you figured that out from the conversations you have with them, then the, the best way to respond to them is, is they're the person who's going to have a strong sense of moral justice and you're going to be able to work with that and talk to them about conversations about those things. Uh, good versus evil. You might engage in a conversation about what do you think is, a, is, is one of the greatest evils in our society today? And they're going to have an opinion, they're going to share you because that's the way they think and then you're going to be able to talk to them about the greatest cure. It's Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is what, uh, an example of what I'm talking about. For a server, you start with a server. You remember that uh, they're, they're a very practical person. So you help them in their journey. Uh, they're going to partner with you on practical things of service. You'll say, hey, do you know that so-and-so needs help on Saturday? They're going to come along with you. Well, they're coming along with you and serving with you. You get to share with them the gospel of Christ. It's amazing. Then you can ask them questions about, you know, how do they help other people? Why do you feel that way about helping people? You get to crack them open and talk to them about Christ. Um, same thing with the server. Same thing with the teacher, an exhorter, a giver. You get the picture. If you, if you can focus in on how somebody else is wired, then and, you, and you're able to share the gospel with that kind of an awareness, it helps to open them up to receiving the gospel of Christ and being able to hear what you have to say. And you see, doing this, you say, well, that seems like it's going to take a lot of time. It does take a lot of time. How many know that love takes time? Sure, there's such a thing as proclamation gospel. Somebody like Will Graham, who's got an anointing to preach the gospel, people hear the gospel, and people come to Christ. But how many know that people in that arena were there because they got invited by somebody that loves them? And that what really opened the door for the proclamation of the gospel to come in is that they were loved enough by somebody, had enough relationship with somebody, they respect the message that's being shared as the thing that transformed that other somebody so they want to have it for themselves. And this does take time, but it produces fruit. When we love people according to how they're wired and how they're, they're, they've been created by God, we honor that person and the gift that they are to this world. We honor their gift. We honor who they are. And it, it's important for us to honor people because every person you meet, everybody say everyone, Everyone you meet is somebody who's made in the image of God. And when you honor them, you honor God. You honor God. Hallelujah. Everybody say he's just about done. So all of this is done in the context of one thing. Being your very best. Being your very best. 
Now, I realize everybody has bad days. Everybody has bad days. Everybody has bad weeks. Sometimes you might even have a bad month. Hopefully not a bad year. You know? But the reality is that we are all uh, on a journey, and we should all make efforts to be the best version of ourselves every day. And this brings me back to where I started. There is no better time, like I said, to share your faith than at Christmas, which we've already entered into by some people's standards. By others, it'll be Thanksgiving weekend. By others, it'll be first Sunday of December. But either way, we're there. Uh, you know, for Christians, we're celebrating the birth of Christ who came 2,000 years ago, but who abides in each and every one of us every single day. So is this true this morning, that you've encountered Christ? How many of you have had an encounter with Jesus Christ? Amen? That you have experienced his forgiveness, right? Have you experienced Jesus' forgiveness? You've received Christ's love. This is a description of every one of us here this morning. We've received his love. We live in his grace every single day. We've been empowered by his spirit. This is who we are. This is who we are. We've been changed. We've been changed. So now the responsibility is upon us. People who have been, who've encountered him, experienced his forgiveness, his love, his grace, been empowered by his spirit, who've been changed. Now it's on us to reflect that back to the world. We should be, everybody say should be, the happiest, most joyful, most compassionate, most helpful people on earth. Should be. And when we are, we make a difference. And when we're not, we don't. But this is who we are. This is what we've experienced. So this is how we should be able to live. I'm going to play a video for you guys this morning that um, I think it was Mark that showed it to me the first time, a, a truncated version of this a couple years ago. And uh, it really spoke to me. The, the guy is uh, speaking. I don't know that he's a Christian or not. But he, uh, he's one of those guys that does, you know, business seminars, marketing and stuff all across the, the world, big, big corporations and stuff like that. And when I saw this video, uh, what he was saying was so clear and such a message for the church. I thought, I got to play that on a Sunday. So I want to play this video for you and uh, just I'll make sure the volume's up on my laptop here this morning. And, uh, and I want you to hear what he has to say this morning. I will never Crank it up, forget please. that cup of coffee. Well, a couple years ago, I was traveling when my schedule worked out on Christmas Eve. I thought the airport was going to be a zoo, so I got there a couple hours early. It wasn't. It wasn't crowded at all. So for me, that means coffee. So I get, I get down into my terminal, Terminal D, and I see the green sign. And when I travel these days, I always wear earbuds, you know, so I'm, I'm rocking out to Coldplay. And I see the sign, I get in line, and there's one woman in front of me, and she's having a very animated conversation with the barista. She's kind of waving her arms, and they're both smiling and laughing. So I wasn't in a rush, but out of curiosity, it popped out my earbuds. And sure enough, you know, they're going on about their holidays and their plans and the kids and presents, and she starts to move down the line. So it's my turn to order. And I was greeted with this very warm and sincere welcome. This woman said to me, hi, my name's Lily. What's your name? I said, I'm Ryan. She said, Ryan, what can I make for you today? 
I said, well, I, I want a grande pumpkin spice latte. She said, you want whipped cream on that, don't you? I said, yeah, yeah, I want the whipped cream. She said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. She said, I'm going to make it extra hot, load it up with whipped cream, sprinkle a little nutmeg on top. That's how I like it. You're going to love it. I said, sounds great. She said, where are you going? I said, Cleveland? She said, are you going back to Cleveland to spend the holiday with your family? I said, yes. <laughs> now, at this point, I start looking around for the camera, right? I mean, I'm trying to get a latte. So I move down the line. And the conversation continues, and she's funny. She's asking me questions about my family and our holiday traditions. She's laughing, and I'm laughing. And she hands me my drink and says to me, Ryan, have a safe trip back to Cleveland. Go create some extraordinary memories with your family. When you come back through the Minneapolis airport, I want you to stop here and tell me all about it. There's <laughs> I. I get my drink, I start walking away, and I stop and I look back at this woman, and I think to myself, you know, it's, it's Christmas Eve. Most people would rather be anywhere else in the world than serving coffee in an airport. Not her. It was like she was meant to be there. And I, so I couldn't help myself, I had to go back. So I did, I walked back and I said, excuse me, Lily. And you know, she jumps around, Ryan, is everything okay with the latte? I said, no, I said, the latte is perfect. I just had to come back and ask you, what, what is your secret to making such meaningful connections over serving coffee? Well, she, she corrected me, she said, Ryan, I'm not serving coffee. I said, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> she had thought about this, she had thought about this. What she told me was, I'm pouring happiness into people's lives. I said, you're pouring what? Like, what is pouring happiness? And her definition of pouring happiness, she wants to be happy in her life. She wants to be around happy people. She cares about her customers. She wants them to come back. So she chooses, even on Christmas Eve, to smile, to have fun, to help people, to just be happy. Instead of just focusing on how to be successful, Focus on how to be helpful. The other thing she understands and masters straight away is the very specific and intentional decision around how she chooses to show up, even on Christmas Eve. You know this. A lot of things happen in work and in our lives that are beyond our sphere of influence or control. She doesn't control the weather in Minneapolis. Trust me, I live there. All she gets to own is how she chooses to respond to those things. Decide how you show up. You know, it's interesting, when I, when I met Lily, and she would have had no way of knowing this, but I, uh, I was pretty heavy in the heart and had a lot on my mind. And my parents, both retired school teachers, married 45 years. About three months before that holiday, I got a call from mom. We got some really tough medical news about dad. Uh, it was a terminal diagnosis, and we knew we probably weren't gonna have a lot of time. So I was sitting in that airport on Christmas Eve, not in the best place in the world. I will never forget that cup of coffee. When you decide to show up consistently as the best version of who you are, it gives you your best opportunity to meet people where they are. And you never know when someone needs you to be your best.
I think that pretty much says it, doesn't it? <clears throat> Three things, points that he made, and I want to drive them home this morning for you. You are a barista pouring happiness into people's lives. Turn to the person beside you and say, you're a barista. You are pouring happiness into people's lives. That's part of your anointing. That's part of your use your gift to pour happiness into people's lives. Secondly, one of the things that he said that was powerful, he said, don't focus on being successful. Focus on being helpful. Focus on being helpful. And thirdly, he said, show up as your best self every single day, and you're going to make a difference in someone's life when they need it. You know, I have people say to me all the time, you know, I don't need to go to church every Sunday. You know, you're absolutely right. If you're looking for a permission slip from pastor to skip church, here it is. You don't need to be at church every Sunday. You're right, you don't need it. You're not going to go to hell because you skipped church. You're not likely going to backslide because you're not here. You're not likely going to experience, you know, any kind of a trauma in your week because you, you weren't in the house of God. But when you are here, the reality is that the vast majority of people who are seeking for some kind of a connection with God in this culture still will come to church to find it. And if you're not here, you've missed your best opportunity to connect with somebody else. We don't come to church because we need it. We come to church because we're needed. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm not here because I need it. I come here because there are others who need what I have to give, and then others need what you have to give. And when we're here, we have an opportunity to give it. Is this the only context we have to give it? Of course not. But it's still one of the greatest contexts in which those who are searching come to find answers. And that might be somebody you know from work. It might be somebody you recognize from school. It might be somebody that was part of your life in the past. It might be somebody that God's brought to be part of your life in the future. But if you're not here, you don't make the connection. You miss the opportunity. That's one of the reasons why we gather. Obviously, the primary one is we gather to worship God and adore him. But when we're here, and we're here and we're our best, we have an opportunity to bless other people. Amen? But if we show up and, and, and we live our life letting, letting the day-to-day -day stuff dictate to us rather than us taking a hold of it and being our very best, we miss the opportunity to minister to other people over and over and over again. I've been running a quote out on the screen for the last few weeks that probably if you stand there and stare at that screen, as I know you do uh, every Sunday, uh, then you already heard it. But if you don't, uh, like probably many of the people do, uh, then this is what C.S. Lewis had to say about this. He said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Can we stand together this morning? See, we are people who are supposed to be a humble people. But we have been spending months talking to you as a, as a house about how God made you special, how God made you great, how God's called you as sons and daughters of the kingdom, as he's called you into the divine family to run the divine business, all of these things that we've talked about, how God's given you incredible gifts. We're not here to tell you that, uh, you know, you should think less of yourself. No. We're not here to tell you that you're, you're not important, you're not special. We're just here to say, 
We just spend less time. We just spend less time. We just spend less time thinking about me. Spend more time thinking about other people. Especially this Christmas. Can we do that? Can we do that? Father, we just thank you today for, Lord, the, the incredible challenge in the scripture and in that video today for us, Lord, to show up every single day, to be our very best. Father, to live as the redeemed of the Lord. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let, and how do we say it? We say it loudest with how we live and not what we voice out of our mouth. We say out loudest by showing up, by being there, by supporting one another, by building one another. In fact, the Bible says that the world will know that we're Christians by our love one for another. Lord, help us to show up every day, every week, Father, as, as the redeemed of the Lord, as the best version of ourselves. What's the best version of me? It's the redeemed version of me. It's not the carnal version of me. It's the redeemed version of me. And Father, we want to show up as that person every single day. We need your grace. In our natural strength, we can't do it. But by God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Father, we thank you today that, as Lewis said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Father, help us to think of ourselves less and to think about others more. And, Father, we thank you today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. All right, church, listen. There's a lot of announcements. I know a lot going on. Uh, we ask you to please, please, please uh, take some time, pray about these different things, invest in these different things. Um, we'll make more announcements in the next couple of weeks about Pecanjicum and how you can partner with that. God bless you and have an amazing week in Christ. If you'd like prayer, we are here to pray for you this morning. God bless you.